0: Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship once again. Co-host Dallas Montague here, and today we have an amazing guest, Tia. She recently wrote a children's book called The Journey of Princess Tia. And we're going to get into that here shortly. But first, I want to talk about faith like a child through the life of David. What God is calling us to do in our life. We all have a purpose. I believe that 100% that we all have a purpose for life. Whatever we're called to, whatever area of expertise we're called into, we have gifts to be used by God to reach other people for Him, to glorify Him, uh, to, to walk through this life. And what it means to have faith like a child. I want to talk about that. And I'm not talking about a childlike faith that is childish. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not talking about an immature, underdeveloped faith that believes whatever they're told. No, I'm speaking about an unwavering faith, a faith that says my God is bigger than your God, a type of faith that says there's nothing that my God cannot do in my life, a type of faith that gets us through anything, no matter how big the struggle is, no matter how big the problem is, we need to take a place in our life. Where we stand and believe that our God is bigger than anything else, any other storm out there. My God is bigger. Our Father is the King. My Father created heaven and earth. Who is like my God? He's incomparable. We are royalty children. We have a status of royalty because our Father is the King. Revelations 3.11 says, Hold fast that no one may seize your crown your crown. Hold fast that no one may seize your crown, your crown that belongs to you. It's been set aside for your head. It only fits you. No one can take that crown away from you. And I want to encourage you today to live with the faith that that crown already belongs to us. It's in our name. And if we look at this childlike faith, the faith like a child through David, is whenever David and Goliath was happening, David had no chance against Goliath. There was no way he would defeat a man of war like that who started from a child preparing for war. There was no way. All the odds were against David. David had a faith that said, Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you with the God of angel armies who you've defiled. You've defiled the name of God and he's here to destroy you. The best part about the story is David knew what other people didn't know was that the battle belonged to God. This is what I believe David was thinking about Goliath, was, Goliath, you didn't pick a battle with the army of Israel. No, you didn't pick a battle with me. You picked a battle with God and you're gonna lose because my God is bigger. That's the type of faith like a child I'm talking about today, is just believing, no, my dad is awesome. My dad can do this. He's gonna get me through it. If it's not good, he's not done. So I just wanted to encourage you guys today, give that to you. I love you guys. Enjoy this podcast.
0: You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors.
2: Where is God when my suffering seems never-ending? Can I really find joy in this fallen world? Author Randy Kay confronts these questions in his book, Dying to Meet Jesus, with stories of his near-death experience while searching for the truth. Kay offers his testimony to show readers how God uses suffering and brokenness to build an intimate and indestructible relationship with Him. The author of Love, by dying to meet Jesus today on all major book sites. Are you looking for a podcast that discusses the Christian perspective through topics such as relationships, business, careers, and family life with a core biblical incorporation? Eddie Johnson, host of the Yo-Yo Podcast, has developed a podcast that glorifies God through his down-to-earth approach at Christian life. Join him today at Yo-Yo the Podcast, available on all mainstreaming platforms.
1: Today we have a special guest, Tia J.H. Tia, how are you today?
3: I'm great, thank you.
1: It's great to have you here in the studio today. We chatted a little bit before the podcast, and I'm really excited about what you're going to share today.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: And you're in Hawaii right now, the amazing God's country. It's so amazing that you're there. How's the weather there today?
3: It's great.
1: <laughs> that so
3: we have to be in inside, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's lovely can't complain
1: does it stop you from going to the beach or are you still going
3: you know because i'm a local by heart i know some hidden you know places here but majority of the places are pretty much closed off so yeah trying to just abide uh, by the rules,
1: yeah. <laughs> do what they say <laughs> it's better yeah <laughs> well it's great to have you like i said and if you could take the first five to ten minutes and just share your christian story with us how you met jesus and why you're still a christian today
3: okay um that's that's a good question. Um, so I come from a really hardcore Buddhist and a Catholic family. So it's interesting that I became a Christian at such an early age, and how that came about was through a friend. It was a neighborhood friend that invited me to a church camp. It was just lots of you know praise and worship, and I really liked that because I've always loved music. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I started attending church. But when you ask how and when I met Jesus, I I guess I can really say that, although my majority of my life, I considered to be a Christian, I think what really caused me to meet Jesus and when I really did meet Jesus was during a very um, unimaginable phase of my life during marriage. Mm. And that was the time that I can honestly say that's when I really met him. Mm
1: -hmm. And whenever you were at that church camp as a child, how old were you?
3: I must have been about, I would say, six or seven.
1: Mm. And so growing up in that Catholic, Buddhist type home and then going to that church camp, it was a Christian church camp, right? Mm -hmm. And so going to that, I'm sure that that was really different for you. Did you have any other Christian influence other than that? Was that like the first experience?
3: That was pretty much the first experience because my family was like I said a very hardcore Buddhist and mm. the other side of the family was Catholic Wow I didn't really have much Christian upbringing but because my love for music is what drew me to the church because you know as we know church is always you know filled with worship services and that really um, sparked an interest in me Mm -hmm. and plus you know at a young age you don't really know much about religion or you don't know how to identify you know what is true religion or not it was more so I was going just to have fun
1: and I'm sure it's a huge story from that moment until then being a Christian and now you know talking about your faith on a podcast and I'm sure other ways that you do it how did your family react to that change in your life
3: um, actually my mother became a christian um,
1: wow, that's awesome. out of all
3: out of the whole family and um, through my mother pretty much the whole entire family got saved except for my uncles and one of the aunts but like my father became a christian through her actually I had two fathers growing up and that's another story but my um, stepfather had became a pastor through my mom's prayers and And that was an amazing, you know, time of my life, especially him being one of the youngest, you know, out of the whole entire Japanese, like, syndicate, mafia family, Um, him giving his life to Christ and becoming a pastor and preaching at third world countries, that just totally opened up my eyes to even more so knowing that Christ does exist. Mm. And... So that was an awesome time.
1: <laughs> and today, you're an artist, you sing some gospel music and jazz music, and you wrote a children's book, The Journey of Princess Tia. And that's why we're here today is to talk about those things. Yes. So Tia, uh, what inspired this book, You, The Journey of Princess Tia? Kind of like the, the backstory behind that, kind of what it is for our listeners.
3: Um, I lived a very quite interesting, <laughs> extraordinary life. But uh, when I got married, it was really the downfall of my whole entire life. It's an an unimaginable time of my life that I got to face, you know, the utmost happiness at the same time, just tragedy to every uh, possible feelings you can think of. And through that journey, um, I learned a lot. And of course, I met Christ, which is the most important thing. I was working with people with disability for close to three years, and I was um, coaching and counseling students at an elementary school, and through that, it really inspired me to write this book.
1: So this story is kind of about you, but it's kind of like in a a children's form. Yes, it is. I don't know if I could write a story about my life like that, but (laughs) it sounds really interesting. (laughs) And you've released the book. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon. I p- I'm going to put the link down there at the bottom for the listeners to, to click on if they want. Um, what else about the book?
3: Well, the book is really interesting because, of course, it is um, snippets of my life. But it mm-hmm. transitions to giving children hope and just preparing them for, you know, what lies ahead, you know, the real life. Is not so fairy tale like what people believe in. To be when you're young, as a young child, you just only see the goodness of the world. But once you grow up and you start hitting all these hardships in your life, you begin to realize, man, you know, you see a lot of people say things like, I wish I could go back to young days. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. But
3: um, in the end of the book, you know, if uh, you've read it, it, it introduces God in a very subtle form that a children could understand. And I would say that that's the key point of the whole entire book.
1: It's like that message to the children. And how might this book be different than other children's books out there that children can pick up and read or the parents could read to them?
3: Well, it also rhymes, so it makes it fun. Um, Mm -hmm. It's in a rhyming form, kind of like poetry also uh, in a story. So it's all like three in one. And it's interesting that way because I've had some kids ask me if I can sing it to them. (laughs) I haven't really came up with a melody for it yet, but yeah, <laughs> that's
1: kind of how it started. Why you created it as the rhythm or the the rhyming thing is because of the music. Yes, that's really cool. And when did you find out that you like to sing?
3: Uh, I was very young. Um, when I was young, uh, my family was very wealthy, and we were probably the only homes that carried the karaoke machine. Like the very first one that ever came out was like humongous, and that was right in the middle mm-hmm. of our living room. And um, I just always loved playing with it out of all the toys that I've had. That was my favorite toy. Hmm. And um, just singing and making up my own song, dancing around the house, that just really inspired me to sing. And plus, I grew up, my whole entire family is musically talented, especially my mother. She was an singer. Um, what Anka Singer is, Anka is like a Japanese traditional music. And I've always, you know, heard her sing while she's in the kitchen or just doing things around the house. So, yeah, music has always been like a part of me.
1: And growing up with those different descendants from Japan, and do you speak any other languages other than English?
3: Yes, I speak Korean. And up till a certain age, I spoke fluent Mandarin in japanese but now japanese had faded so i have a better hearing than speaking mm-hmm. i understand a little more than i speak um but yeah if someone were to ask me i would say korean and english is what i'm mm-hmm. confident in that in english i still have little <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's good that's good that's about all i speak <laughs> <This> is english <laughs> that's in have you got to visit some of those places that your your descendants were from?
3: Yeah, Japan. Um, we also had another home in Japan. Also, some of my cousin and lots of uncles live out there. As far as China, I lived in uh, Taiwan. I went to preschool in Taiwan, and that's mm. how I learned how to speak Mandarin. And I spoke it almost like perfectly up to a certain age. And then I came out to Hawaii and went to school all throughout my you know, up till a little bit of college. And so I picked up pigeon and pigeon is like broken English. And that's what like a lot of Native Hawaiians speak or uh, locals, you know, speak. And so it's just a mixture of everything that came about. Even till today, I'm not even sure what I speak, you know, <laughs> um, with, just with kind of 100% <laughs> confidence. Yeah, it's like, I'll um, put it out, like, it's just mixed up. So I know I have an accent also, and I don't know quite what kind of accent this is. Some people say it's Korean. Some people say it's Hawaiian. I guess it all depends on how people hear it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I would I say would... it's more Hawaiian for me. I, I, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Um. So about your book and what are the characters in your story? Who are the characters that you talk about?
3: Oh, that's an interesting question. Okay. Um. The characters. Obviously, the princess Tia, is me. Um. it represents what my childhood was like you know I I was grown up from a very wealthy family so I had almost everything I needed and wanted couldn't ask for more then at a certain age you know everything goes downhill especially when I get married um I thought my marriage was nearly like perfect you know that I met my soulmate and things of that nature but um it doesn't Go, it doesn't go the way I had planned or I thought it was going to be so and a lot of the issues came about um, through the in-laws so the lady and the witch and the story kind of becomes my mm. mother and sister-in-law which mm. is kind of horrible to say like that but you know in the end it just teaches me a great lesson so it's not so horrible and um, the little white mice is God And the friends um, in the story are my childhood friends or so-called best friends that I thought were my real best friends. Mm -hmm. And at the very end of the story, there's a little dog and that represents my dog now.
1: And when did you release this book? I think I asked that earlier, but I don't remember the answer.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, That was such a blessing. I just kind of pitched it and just waited to see who might be interested in putting it up, you know. Uh, it was Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving morning. I got the news that it was up on Barnes Noble mm. all night, and Noble online and then shortly after on Amazon.
1: And in your story, you talk about finding the light. What What are you referring to for that specifically?
3: In my opinion, that would, that would be the bliss, you know, like heaven, finding mean God.
1: And in the future, do you have any more projects? Are you going to write another book or maybe some music stuff? What do you have planned for the future?
3: Yes, I've got more music and books coming up. Um, I'm working on them. It's been a very slow process, but I will surely get there. And then there's a big surprise coming, and that I would save for later for all the audience.
1: And more about your music. So kind of talk to us about your your music life, how that kind of evolved, how how you use it today.
3: Well, in my younger years, I was really into hip-hop and pop. Um, jazz, I've always liked, but I didn't have much knowledge about it. I was also in a four-part harmony girl group, and we had like wonderful team of people, you know, molding us and backing us up. And during that era, but uh, when that just you know didn't work out, I realized you know it wasn't really what God wanted me to do. Um, so I just prayed on that to give me a wisdom to serving god because at the end of the day yes i love music i love literature i love all these you know creative things but um i just want to please god i want to do what makes him happy and so i'm still mm-hmm. continuing to pray on where he wants to lead me with all this so transitioning into like a circular music to becoming like a christian artist um mm-hmm. it's such a blessing and i wouldn't have it any other way uh so so moving forward from this point on, I hope and wish to be releasing more good, you know, Christian music for people to hear and really looking forward to that.
1: And are you playing with the church right now or are you just kind of on your, your own private stuff?
3: Yeah, I'm a um, worship leader at my local church, but because of what's happening right now, the crisis in the world, um, the churches are all shut down. And a lot of people are doing like just Zoom calls and things like that, right? So mm. I'm still singing at home, still trying to make music at home, um, even if it's just by myself, or I try to network with other Christian artists, um, try to make videos on our own free time. But yeah, uh, I mean, wherever there is, you know, your heart to wanting to serve the Lord, I think. Anywhere or everywhere is possible. It doesn't yeah. really matter, you know, if you're in the church or in your home. As long as you continue to have that heart wanting to, you know, do God's will, I think that He will use you in whichever category He would like to. So I know I was blessed with the voice, so <laughs> that's where I'm aiming for music.
1: Do you play any instruments too, or just sing?
3: I play the piano by ear and This is kind of embarrassing to say. I've been telling myself, learn, learn so you can read because it's kind of like fooling people. People, you know, hear me, you know, play and sing and they think, wow, she can really play the piano, but I really can't read music. So so everything.
1: (laughs) Just kind of like the (laughs) front thing. Yeah,
3: everything I hear by ear, I'm able to play it. So, I, I'm fooling people a lot, but I wish I could. Yeah, hmm. just really master that.
1: I think you're still ahead of a lot of us, <laughs> even though you can play by ear.
3: Yeah, it's a gift okay. for sure. That's really cool. Yeah.
1: Well, is there anything else you would like to communicate to the listeners today?
3: Um, just don't give up on your dreams. And, you know, my mom's always told me, You have this huge dream as a young child, but as you get older, the dreams get smaller and smaller. (laughs) So keep it alive. I'm just, you know, very thankful to God that my dreams always had been consistent. It's always been the same. And I truly believe, you know, whatever you're talented in is is your gift from the Lord. So just work on that and pray on that. And... Ask God to use you.
1: Yeah. Well, Tia, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. It was a pleasure to have you.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And if we could end the podcast by you praying us out, that would be absolutely amazing.
3: <sighs> okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity to have the world listen to the truth and what you have um, shown me or gifted me with. Your Father God, I just pray for your people, all the people that are going through um, these hard times. I pray that your spirit resides within them. And please um, give each and every one of your people the instructions and the knowledge to um, know the truth and to seek you and have the heart to want to know you and to please you. Um, We pray these things in your precious son Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast